Welcome to another episode of the Current and Cast podcast. It isn't the same old political or review podcast. Instead, this podcast is about current events, sports, technology, life, and yes, whiskey. So pour yourself a good drink, or if you're driving around today or maybe working, imagine yourself doing so. And join me, Chad Hasty, and Matt Martin for this week's Current and Cask. Hey, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Ah, uh, doing pretty well. How's uh, how's everything in in Nashville, Tennessee? I think it's good. Um, of course, we're uh, we're getting to this a little later than normal because yeah, just to throw it out there, the Rangers had a, a great game. Uh, a nail yeah, biter there for a little bit. But... About we normally we recorded about uh, ten p.m. or so, but uh, the Texas Rangers—they're in the World Series. That's right. So, it's, uh, it's not just a normal Texas Rangers game; it's a World nah. Series. Yeah, got to watch the World Series and uh, and see how that goes. And uh, the Rangers, game one, uh, walk off uh, home run, and uh, they they win it in overtime, in extra innings. That's yeah. right. Well, and, yeah, I guess it's uh, extra innings in baseball. That, you don't call it overtime because there's do no not time. call it overtime, Matt. No, that's that's another sports, but uh, extra innings uh, is uh, is when they uh, when they won. It was a fantastic game. And, uh, you know, they, they say that this World Series is going to be probably not highly watched because it doesn't have the Yankees. It doesn't have the Dodgers. It doesn't have even the Astros. It doesn't have the, you know, the, the big name teams. But I, I, I think the, I mean, look, no one really cares about the Arizona Diamondbacks outside of Arizona. Uh, and probably no one cared about the Rangers outside of Texas going into the season. But it looks like it's going to be a fun, uh, a fun series, and both teams have have uh, done everything they can do, and uh, they just keep winning. So there you go, and you're doing your fun. part by watching, right? I'm I'm doing my part, and absolutely doing my part by watching and and uh, enjoying the Rangers, and uh, hopefully they, hopefully they win, hopefully they win it all uh, this uh, this go around in the World Series. It's that's, about that's time. The they need they need a win on this. Absolutely. For those who aren't familiar, uh, Matt Martin and I, uh, we uh, like to do this uh, podcast weekly. Matt Martin is uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm in Lubbock, Texas, and uh, we used to host a radio show together. And uh, and 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 then uh, you know that ended, and uh, Matt went to move to Nashville, and um, you know here we are doing this podcast, yeah, and, and- uh, talking about all the issues. That are out there. It's not, you know, we don't like to get too political no, here. We no, like to it's... just have fun and, of course, talk about whiskey and, and spirits here on the show. The good part of life. Yes, absolutely. And uh, one thing that we like to do, we'll talk about all the, uh, uh, some uh, some interesting news out there, or more Halloween-ish today. We've got some Halloween stories since uh, Halloween is uh, coming up. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, get to, uh, we'll get to those and a few other uh, stories as well. But before we do that, we've got to find out what we're drinking uh, this evening, Matt. And I'm going to leave that to you. What What are we having today? We are actually drinking the Caribbean cask of Balvini. Ooh, 14 Balvini. years. Yes, it's a 14-year Caribbean cask. And it's... Uh, it's Actually, uh, interesting because unlike a lot of scotches, this one's finished in rum. 
which is something you do not see very often at all. So it's uh, extra matured in rum casks, according to the bottle. And, you know, the traditional ways to um, you age it in former bourbon casks normally. But this one, I'm, I'm assuming it doesn't say on the bottle, but I'm assuming that they put it in these uh, bourbon casks, former bourbon casks that, that had been used for bourbon, aged it to the probably 13 years or so, and then finished it in the Caribbean rum casks. So yeah. um, give it a little bit different flavor than a lot of your a lot of your scotches. So um, I think now I'm, I'm just going to say kind of some of the reviews I've seen. You know, it's, it's a very approachable one for those who like bourbon and maybe want to put their toe into the scotch realm. Uh, well, I mean, and, and those who may want to put their toe in it, this is, this is a favorite one. Uh, mm-hmm. my wife actually, uh, bought my, uh, my first bottle of the Balvini Caribbean cask, uh, long ago. And it was, uh, it was a hit. I can tell you that. So yeah, we'll be drinking this, uh, throughout the podcast today. Cheers to, uh, everyone out there. And, uh, we'll be talking about, of course, some of the other, uh, news and, events and everything that's uh that's been uh, that, that's going on out there uh as uh, as we all know matt halloween is right around the corner yeah uh i'm taking my dogs to the vet on halloween you're taking it yeah that's how <laughs> i'm remembering what day it is. That, there you go are, and uh are, are y'all doing uh are y'all doing any trunk or treats or any no we actually what, so what do y'all there's do? something called boo at the zoo you know, uh-huh. we, have, we have a big zoo here in Nashville. We yeah. took our kids to that already. And then we're going to have uh, uh, the same thing we do every Halloween, which is a movie night, pizza, popcorn, you know, kind of those kind of things. Right. And, of course, candy. Yeah. And we let them dress up. But um, we we don't really know anybody here. So we're going to remember right. If I remember right, there's not a lot of neighbors uh, yeah, they're their grandmother's the only neighbor that we really have really <laughs> yeah. close. And uh we've already been to her house. We went after yeah. Boo at the zoo and we did the trick or treat thing that way. Yeah. So uh so I mean you it's real easy for y'all to skip uh Halloween now yeah. because well, hey, you just we don't have any neighbors. Where are we gonna go and get uh you know, get uh you know, do any trick or treating? There's nobody here. We live you know, out uh, in the rural areas here. I mean, I guess we could go to a different neighborhood, but yeah, they'd be all like, "What? Are, what, the, what are you doing here? We don't know you." Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I don't think they would do that necessarily. I don't think they'd be like, "Wait, we've never seen you kids in the neighborhood." <laughs> uh, they might be surprised that kids are actually trick or treating. I don't know if any kid trick or treats anymore uh, because I know here in Lubbock, it seems like. There's about 35 to 40 trunk or treat events uh, going on, and that's outside of the churches. So all the churches have their trunk or treat events, right. and like now car dealerships have them, restaurants are having them. It's just everyone's having a trunk and, or treat because and I hate to say this, you get ten times the candy at a trunk or treat than you do going and knocking on doors. Oh, just I there, there's just there's just something special about doing the trick or treating. And uh, going door to door and all of that, it was so fun uh, as a kid. And now you just you, you go up and you might as well just uh, j- just tell mom and dad, 
buy me three bags of candy and that's good. I'm, I'm happy I with like that. that. Yeah. As, as a parent, I'm just all for that. <laughs> I don't need to go out. I don't need to get dressed up. Just buy me some candy. Go ahead and take the daddy tax uh, from the candy. And uh, which, by the way, for those of you out there who do have kids and you're trick or treating, Halloween, uh, trunk or treat, trick or treat is a fantastic opportunity to introduce your kids to the world of taxes. Mm-hmm. And, That's right. Uh, show them just how how mean the government can be uh, and uh, how big and bad government can be. Right, Matt? Nah, absolutely. All of the uh, Reese's peanut butter cups end up being taken oh, in no. our house. Yes, that's uh, that's the mommy and daddy tax right there. It is. Is that the uh, the Bidenomics in y'all's home? The is, one, uh, all the Reese's pieces? Yeah, it's the one. The, the peanut butter cups are the ones my wife loves, and uh, I like them too to some extent. So we're like, yeah. you know what? If you get one, hand it over. Yeah, yeah we I get mean, those. We get those. And that's uh, that's my rule of the government. I mean, we mm-hmm. can't control it. It's yeah. uh, it's what happens. There might be a Kit Kat every now and then that needs to be taken too. But Man, Kit Kats are good. Kit they Kats are, are good. pretty tasty. They, they really are. So I have uh, I have this story. 35% of Americans have suffered from candy-related dental issues, Matt. How do After they Halloween. know? I mean, honestly, how do they know that's what actually caused it? Well, this is from uh, Shiny Smile Veneers. <laughs> so, you know, they're in the dental industry. Uh, their key findings, Jawbreakers, Jolly Ranchers, and Bit O' Honey. Do you know what oh, Bit O' Honey is? I do. I remember those. I don't remember. Why do I not remember Bit O' Honey? They were like uh, almost like caramel, but they're like really like a hard kind of caramelly thing, and your teeth get stuck in them. Oh, oh and you pull okay. Up, I just looked and it up. When you pull up, it's like your teeth want to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I guess I can see where this is. Uh, this is injury based. This is not cavity based. Right. No, no, no. This is injury. This is ouch. Yeah, this I can is- see this. Uh, definitely your gobstoppers, your uh, uh, jawbreakers, and I can see those as well. Anything that your teeth stick in, that you yeah, and then uh, any really hard candies. Here's the uh, the top candy that has caused Americans dental problems. Okay. Uh, number one, the jawbreaker, which it's mm-hmm. in the name. So it's, well, it's right well, you, there. you can't yeah. be surprised by that. <laughs> uh, number two, Jolly Rancher, which I'm a little surprised on. They're pretty hard. They are. Uh, Bit of honey at number three. I think number the, the four, problem is people aren't using these like they're supposed to be used. No. You know, the kids today, they haven't been trained with these. You know, they stick them in there, start chewing them, and then boom, a tooth is gone. That's true. Well, this is, I think this is adults and kids, by the way. Uh, Starburst, Starburst at number four, which, how do you injure yourself with a Starburst? Yeah, I guess, like, come on. It's too sticky. Like, when you first take the bite in, you pull out. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Tootsie Roll, number five. Again, the same thing. Those really aren't that hard. No. Laffy Taffy at number six. Number seven, Snickers. Snickers? I don't know how you, yeah. Number, I think the drop off from Jawbreaker to Jolly Rancher is huge, and and then it just gets you know and it just keeps falling. Uh, Atomic Fireball number eight, Butterfinger I mean, number that's nine, essentially a Jawbreaker, and Milk Duds, Blow Pops, and Milk Duds at number ten. 
Now, I guess I can see Butterfinger because it is really hard and it gets stuck in your teeth. Yeah. But, oh, man, I love a Butterfinger. Uh, here's the uh, percentage. Here are the, here are the candies that people loved as a kid but will not touch as an adult. Okay? Number one, the jawbreaker. I haven't had a jawbreaker since I was a child. I haven't had one. I, I can't Candy remember. corn. Number two, candy corn. I can see that. Because as a kid, it's like sugar, just pure sugar. When you get yeah. older, it's like, I want a flavor in there. I don't just want pure sugar. 24% of people do not like candy corn. Uh, blow pops and number three. Number four, fun dip. Number five, airheads. Number six, Laffy Taffy. Number seven, Atomic Fireball. Uh, Jolly Rancher at eight, nerds. And number nine, and double bubble or double, double bubble. I haven't heard of that one. I think it's double bubble. I think it's type of bubble gum. But I'll I'll tell you, so I still like, uh, I probably like atomic fireballs now today than I did as a kid. So I think I was kind of a wuss when it came to those. I kind of like them now. Um, And nerds, I don't see how anybody could dislike a nerd. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, I am a nerd. Yeah. Nerds so. eating nerds. What can I say? Uh, top things parents oh, do to their rocks. kids Halloween candy. You got to still love the Pop Rocks, too. Oh, yeah. But they're That's really expensive. The list, like, if you try to find them on, like, online and stuff, very expensive. Yeah. It didn't make the list. Uh, the uh, top things parents do to their kids Halloween candy. 55% check their kids' candy for razor blades, even though... Like that's so made up, but okay. Uh, razor blades, drugs, glass, and other bad stuff. Fifty-five percent check the kids, uh, uh, kids candy. I mean, I don't do that because I pretty much provide it all. Yeah. Now you got to worry about the fit and all that. You got to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But like every year, you have like the scary stories that come out. You know, the, the razor blade and the candy apple, the razor blade and the. Uh, in the the candy bar, it's the Halloween horror stories. You have to have yeah, one or and two. none of them are real. None of them. It's like uh, two years ago they said that uh, parents need to be careful because people were giving away their um, their uh, their marijuana uh, gummies. Yeah, they just grabbed the wrong bag. Nobody wants to would, give them yeah, away. Th- let me tell you something. No one was giving away marijuana gummies to kids. Okay. The, the, the people who like gummies, they're going to make sure that those gummies are put up and they're not accidentally handing those off to the kids, all right? They're, that, that's not an oopsie. Yeah, that's how you get caught. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, it can be pricey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, let's see. 40% take candy out so they don't eat as much. So I think, yeah. Now come the on. Only four. Yeah, I was that. gonna say that those are the ones that are willing to admit it. Yeah, that's that's, that's because seriously, they feel bad about taking the candy. But I think probably closer to ninety percent at least. Well, this is take a this couple is just the parents who there. take candy out. They're not that they keep it themselves. They just take candy away from the kids. Like really? that number should be a lot higher. Yeah, that's. And I uh, never remembered my parents just going here you go and and letting me run off even after they took out the tax. Uh, they never just gave me the box of candy and let me go at it. Yeah, we would put the we would put the uh, bags of candy from their trunk or treats or whatever. Uh, yeah. We we also did the whole symphony thing when the symphony in Lubbock did their Halloween thing. They would end up with so much candy. 
and we would put them in the the cupboard and they would have to ask to get a piece because you if oh, otherwise yeah. a kid would just like turn it upside down and eat the whole thing right uh 21 percent of people throw their candy out after a couple of weeks no, we kept it for a while, like as long as it was good. But if it started to look funky, you know how they change, start to change colors and stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all the chocolate was gone first, first off. Of course. Yeah. And then uh, Starburst will start to get really hard after a while. Yeah. So you got to get rid of it. And then some things start to get discolored after, you know, so many months. And you just have to throw it out at that point. Yeah. Uh, and then on uh, on on this one, eighty two percent of people are liars. Eighteen uh, percent of adults said they take the candy they want first. <laughs> and so, what no. we learned here is that most adults, most parents, are liars <laughs> and will not tell the truth because you know they're taking the candy first. Yeah, well, every single time. Here's the thing: you don't have to take it first. Well, let's be honest. I mean, if you want to do like what we talked about and teach them about taxes, that's fine. But there's another way of doing it. You let them have their favorite candy or whatever. And then after they go to bed, you go digging through their little candy pile and take what you want. <laughs> and bed just happens to be about 10 minutes after they get back from Halloween. Whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Halloween... Uh, I like this. It's got a couple more Halloween stories. It's, it's some fun stuff here. That the time of best year. places, best places to be for Halloween in uh, 2023. Matt, do you have any ideas? Uh, the uh, like, give me uh, what you think the top. Okay, you know, the so top one or two the, places to be. Some of the scariest places I can think of. Um, Philadelphia. Yeah, no, we're just be United States. United Phil States. Philadelphia, Detroit, uh -huh. Chicago. All these those places, places would scare the crap out of me. Yeah, these are not places where you're, you're going to get scared to death of uh, being there. <laughs> uh, number one, New York City is the uh, number one That's Halloween That's pretty scary, place. too. Number two, Las Vegas. Yeah. Why? We, uh, we, went, to, we went to Las Vegas years ago. We went to Las Vegas uh, on Halloween. And it was... It was fantastic. It was crazy, but fantastic. I bet uh, everybody's everyone wearing costumes up. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Everyone's in costume. Everyone's having a good time. And you put in the weirdness of Vegas as well. And it's just a, uh, it's just a weird, fantastic uh, time. And they have a great big Halloween parade, too. Okay. Then, I, then I'm going to guess you're going to end with New Orleans. Okay, so here's here's what here's what I thought was interesting. New York is number one, Las Vegas number two, L.A. number three, Miami number four, Jersey City, New Jersey number five. No, I mean who's who's taking this? This is this is from Wallet Hub. No, I don't think so. Yeah, Chicago came in number fifteen. Uh, let's see here. Let me scroll down. Uh, Lubbock, Texas, by the way. Coming it's, out, it's uh, on came the list. in at uh, 86 out of 100. So uh, Halloween in Lubbock sucks. I mean, I'd have yeah. to say the fact that they even made the list is pretty impressive. I guess so, but... Where's Nashville? Uh, is it even on the list? It it pretty much... Uh, let me look. Let me look for Nashville and, uh, and see if it's uh, on there. Let's see. You got Honolulu. 
Honolulu's on there. They made the list. I mean, who wouldn't want to be in Honolulu? Yeah, a hol- like basically every holiday is good in Honolulu. It doesn't. <laughs> it do- that doesn't really matter. It's uh, Laredo, Texas, by the way, uh, the highest ranked place in Texas at number nineteen. Yeah, that's a scary uh, place to be. Uh, let's see here. Why am I not seeing Nashville? Well, we're just a horrible place to be over Halloween, maybe. I, uh, maybe you are. Maybe they're yeah. worse than Lubbock. Wow. There's a few places, yeah. Uh, let's see. Ta-ta, yeah, going through. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe maybe so. Anchorage, Alaska came in at number uh, number 95. Wow, they beat Nashville, Tennessee. That's crazy. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee, number 97. So Nashville sucks when it comes uh, to yeah, Halloween. Just a terrible Halloween place to be. Congratulations. Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 99. In New Orleans. At 88. So Lubbock scored better than New Orleans. I just can't see that. I think because New Orleans puts everything into Mardi Gras. They don't really care about the, the whole Halloween. I know, but thing. think about the food. I mean, there's 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 just food here. things to do. We got we got food here. We got good weather. It's you know, it's fine. I don't know. I remember years that it snowed in during Halloween when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh New Orleans scored ninety five uh, on the ninety five out of one hundred on bad when it comes to trick-or-treating so apparently new orleans really bad to go trick-or-treating i guess i can see that i wouldn't want to go trick-or-treating in new orleans i'm thinking (laughs) you know if you're putting las vegas on there then this is for adults this isn't for kids uh birmingham alabama uh they 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 had a uh, they came in last when it came to trick-or-treating so i don't know what's going on in birmingham but apparently nothing good at least they made the list that's true. That's a good point. They uh, they did make the list. And then a uh, final uh, Halloween-related story. Halloween candy getting scary expensive. Americans expected to spend $3.6 billion on candy for Halloween. All right, Chad, I'm going to ask you the big question. Okay. Are you giving out Halloween candy? Uh, to who? That's true. You live out in the middle of nowhere now, too. <laughs> see but you you were the guy that had the the full candy bars i know we had that last year that was our going out with a bang special uh-huh and uh no this year none we don't have any yeah closing it down huh yeah i mean we've we've got we got we, there are people out here but i don't think we're gonna see any trick-or-treaters don't see that happening so no we're not gonna have any candy Okay. For uh, for Halloween this year, it's it's for the kids uh, anyway. Yeah, for yeah. yourself no, maybe, well, not for us either. No, no. I mean it'd, it'd be no, no, no. Uh, let's see. Some people rethinking their candy quotas as costs rise. Prices for candy and gum uh, jumped seven and a half percent in September compared with the same month last year. Americans expected uh, Americans are expected to spend a record twelve point two billion on Halloween. Uh, this year, as, as far as candy, costumes, and other expenses go, and it sounds, a, that sounds like my bourbon budget. <laughs> that's a fifteen percent increase over last year. Consumers expected to shell out three point six billion on candy alone. That's a sixteen percent increase from twenty twenty two. Let's see what uh, shoppers they right saw. There. A, Saw a bag of mini Snickers and other chocolates for about thirteen dollars. 
Uh, the 31-year-old who works as an online clothing reseller said she has seen the same bag for about $9 in the past. Uh, she plans to splurge anyway and spend 50 bucks. Let me tell you, that 50 bucks won't get you very far mm-hmm. these days. You're going to have to buy some of that generic candy that the kids don't like. Uh, yeah, but I mean, to be honest, uh, I went and I was at work and they asked me not to take a break because it was uh, a busy night. They said, but we'll give you time to eat, you know, but get something delivered or something. So yeah. I did a little DoorDash, you know, 40 bucks for one person. Yeah. 40 yeah. bucks. Because of tip and everything, it just—it's very expensive. Yeah, it's it's getting it's getting to be the the uh, delivery. We haven't done delivery. I mean, since we moved out here, we haven't. I I don't know if we've ever done delivery since we've been out here. Uh, But it's uh, the prices that they that that that, you know the fees and everything that's charged with it. It's just it makes it kind of stupid now. Yeah. To uh, to do it. So if you've ever compared prices, the prices are higher. If you do it online or over yeah. DoorDash or, or a food place, and then you have to pay the fee and then you have to pay the tip. And between all of it, it it double at least doubles your order. Oh, yeah. It uh, it adds up. It adds up pretty quickly. So candy doesn't sound that bad when you look at it that way. Sure. Go get you a big bag of candy. Have fun. Go get some chocolates and, uh, and everything will be uh, everything will be all right. I got a little uh, Balvini 14 Caribbean cask right here. I'm happy. There you go. See, that that bottle, that that costs just as much as some of the candy these days. It's about a $100 bottle, 90 to 100 according to where you go. Yeah. Uh, how about this? When it comes to the cost of uh, things, the cost of fueling an electric vehicle is equivalent to $17.33. This is from the Center Square uh, website. Great, uh, Great website, by the way. The complete cost of fueling, quote unquote, an electric vehicle for ten years uh, is uh, seventeen dollars and thirty-three cents per equivalent gallon of gasoline, according to a new analysis from the Texas Public Policy Foundation. The study authors say the dollar twenty-one cost per gallon equivalent of charging a car, cited by EV advocates, excludes the real cost borne by uh, taxpayers for subsidies, utility rate payers. Uh, for energy investments and non-electric vehicle owners for mandate and environment credit-driven higher vehicle costs, which they say totals $48,698 per EV. I mean, I I hate to say this, but uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I've been saying it for a long time. I mean, if you think about what we just in subsidies alone put into um, the windmill farms and whatnot, it's insane. And then I want oh, yeah. you to think about this. The EV crowd, they're not paying yeah. any highway taxes, which means that your taxes are going up because of them. Yeah. That's true. That uh that is absolutely true. So uh and, and then, you know, you we've heard the stories this week about uh all the car companies are losing money on these EVs. Yeah. And you're starting to see some pushback now from Ford and others, which I thought would happen uh, because they're not making money off of any of these. And they're realizing that people don't want electric vehicles in mass. There might be some out there who want electric vehicles. And there's a group of folks who want electric vehicles. But 
most people as of right now, uh, one, they don't want to be pushed to it. And, and two, the auto companies, they're not making any money off of these things. They're no. losing money. Well, all their money's coming from subsidies from the government. And as those slowly kind of move away, but, um, I won't, uh, what was it? Joe Biden the other day was talking about putting in new regulations for, and I think he pushed them through. Um, I don't think there's any laws. I think it's all through the uh, environmental EPA for uh, dishwashers and washing. I mean, all your utilities, yeah. and and they're all going to have new standards that are going to be extremely restrictive and cost massive amounts more money. For you to buy an appliance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ford on Thursday withdrew its full year results forecast due to uncertainty over pending ratification of its deal with United Auto Workers. Uh, they also warned continued pressure on electric vehicles uh, and not, not helping the company bottom line, not helping at all. And uh, they're saying that uh, they are uh, losing Let's see. Uh, Ford expects new contract will add eight hundred and fifty to nine hundred dollars in labor cost per vehicle. Okay, guess where that's going to be passed along to? By the way, uh, Ford's also increasing concern about cooling EV demand follows a decision by GM earlier this week to postpone a four billion dollar electric truck plant in Michigan. Ford uh, lost an estimated thirty six thousand dollars on each of its 36,000 electric vehicles it delivered to dealers in the quarter, even more than the estimated $32,350 loss per EV in the second quarter. That's an insane amount of loss revenue. $36,000 loss on every vehicle. Do you understand that that's going to raise the price of every other vehicle because they have to make the money up somewhere? Of course, they're not going to just take a loss. Exactly, got to make that money, mm-hmm. and uh, what do people keep keep buying? They're they're buying the Ford Bronco, uh, they're buying the F one fifty, the F two fifty. They're buying those vehicles, and uh, if you thought trucks were expensive already, guess what? They're going to keep going up in price. Well, that and let's let's be honest. Uh, Ford made this Mach E that they're calling a Mustang, oh, yeah. and it does not look anything like a Mustang. No, it doesn't. I mean, it's a four-door. No time in Mustang history was there a four-door Mustang. It's insane. Yeah, you're still upset about that. I am. I'm going, yes, absolutely. I'm glad Ford (laughs) is learning their lesson. I actually had a guy that came to me and said uh, that this was probably the last generation of Mustangs. Apparently, the, the newer generation coming in 2024 Right. Uh, there was an article or something about it being the last generation of Mustangs because the electric was going to take over. And by the end of this generation of Mustangs, there was going to be no more need for a Mustang. Yeah. And I kind of, I'm hoping they learn their lesson. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and they may, I think you're going to see a swing back at some point and it may be, you know, uh, under a, a new president, but I, I think you'll see a swing uh, back at some point where you'll see, you'll start seeing the automakers come back and they're going to bring back sedans. They're going to bring back, uh, some of the midsize SUVs and they're going to go, okay, 
you know, Ford's going to continue to make the Mustang or come back with the Mustang, whatever it may be, because it's at the end of the day, they want to make money and they're going to go wherever, wherever the money is. And if the money is uh, the traditional Mustang, guess what they're going to do? They're going to go and build the traditional Mustang. Well, so they're in it to make money. They're not, they're not in it. Even if let's say you're, you're, you're the deepest believer in uh, EVs. Th- these companies are not here to save the environment or nope, do they whatever. don't care. No, they exist to make money. I was going to say they're into the green, but the, not the green that you're into. Yeah, they don't care. They don't even care if if it's if it's the F one fifty that is the uh, the best selling vehicle. They don't care about that. If you're Ford, they just care that one of their vehicles is the best selling vehicle. It can be the Mustang. It can be whatever. And then guess what would happen if all of a sudden the Mustang became or the Bronco became the number one selling vehicle in the United States? Guess what? How uh, guess where prices would go? They'd skyrocket mm-hmm. for those vehicles. Absolutely. And and so uh, that that that's again that's just what's going to happen. That's business, and it's good business. And they make a lot of money off of that, and uh, they've got a lot of ground to make up because these businesses. This is something that some of the auto workers I think forget is that these uh, you know these car companies they also lost a lot of money in the last couple of years with people not being able to buy cars with chips not coming in and everything else. They they went through some rough spots. Uh, the the automakers did. Well, and the auto workers did too. But you're right. The uh, United Auto Workers Union has. Uh, they've not made things easier on the companies that are working there. I'll put it that way. No, not at all. And you know, okay, fine. You're going to get more in pay. That's great. That's wonderful. But guess what? Uh, AI technology is still out there. It's still improving. And it's it, it may be coming for your job at some point, and if if you keep making cars, you know, go up in price by nine hundred or a thousand dollars each time, then you could be pricing yourself out of a job uh, at some point. And people look to go, okay, well, I don't need uh, a Ford; I can go and get some other uh, vehicle. I could go to a Volkswagen or something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of, uh, vehicles, uh, I thought this story was funny. This out of Austin, uh, cruise, which is spelled like a cruise ship, but, uh, cruise, uh, the auto company will pause all driverless operations as a way to rebuild public trust, Matt. They've had some issues in Austin, San Francisco, and Phoenix. Yeah. City of Austin has received more than 40 complaints related to driverless cars, since July. Now, the last time I was in Austin, I saw these vehicles and they were very cool because they would just drive around and I guess you could jump in them whenever uh, they would stop and they would take you to some, you know, some destination. Well, apparently they've also had a, uh, uh, been having an issue with uh, cars blocking traffic, which is a no-no in Austin. Right. Uh, and being a nuisance. Enough. And uh, they've had near misses and even collisions where apparently the car has collided with another car and just driven away uh, afterwards. Hit and run. Yeah, you can't do that. No, and and Austin's traffic's bad enough. They shouldn't shouldn't even be there. No, it's it's downtown, too. Like, it's it's downtown on, uh, on Congress. And, uh, like right before sixth street, uh, they just uh, keep going around and around and around. 
uh, in that area. It's terrible. So does it have like a preset destinations in it? Like kind of like a bus? I think it has like a little, like a Google map or whatever Uh, that it pays attention to. And it's got cameras all over it. That's terrible. And it just kind of goes around in circles. It's public transportation. Yeah. Yeah, basically it is. Um, which, you know, in Austin, they're going to need more of that stuff because they, they're making parking even worse in Austin. Yeah. I, I mean, I, mean, I, I just, don't... I understand autonomous vehicles from that standpoint. Um, but again, you're taking jobs away from Uber drivers and taxi drivers and whatnot. But at the well, same time... That's where Uber's going to go to. Uh, those down... Well, of course they are. That's where the money is. Paying a driver is not what you want. You want all the money to go to the company itself. Yeah. And so... But at the same time, I just don't see autonomous vehicles working at this time. Yeah. I don't think the technology's there, and I, I think that... In the long run, I think all vehicles would have to go to autonomous, and I don't think that the public's ready for that. Yeah. No, there I'm, are a lot I'm of people who are. Um, there's a lot of people who, especially the younger generation, that are all for that autonomous vehicle not having to drive. I don't understand yeah. it being, uh, I was waiting when I was 16, I was waiting for the keys, you know what I'm saying? But nowadays, a lot of them aren't. Yeah, there's a lot of differences between uh, the younger generation and where where we are, Matt. Uh, how about this story? A, a college graduate who just started her first job uh, shared the shock and upset of working a nine-to-five job. This is from uh, Insider. It used to be Business Insider. Uh, where a uh, TikToker, a TikToker, uh, posted uh, that uh, she was very upset. She shared uh, how she started a corporate job in the New York area, posted a video where she appeared visible, uh, visibly upset as she addressed the camera. The on-screen caption read, In a 9-to-5, how do you have time for your life? In the upload, Brielle, who uh, asked that insider only use her first name to protect her privacy. Which I love that. Like, you're going on a public, you're going on the TikTok, and you're putting yourself out there, and then you're telling places, I really would uh, wish you would respect my privacy. And they don't want to get canceled. She doesn't want to get canceled. Uh, Brielle, who asked that insider use her first name only, said it was her first job out of college and that she worked from the the office, which meant she had to commute into the city even though it took, quote, forever because she couldn't afford to live there. She said she got on her train at 7.30 in the morning, didn't get home until 6.15 at the earliest, to which point she said she had no time or energy to cook dinner or work out. The 9-to-5 schedule and the commute wiped out her days, she complained. At the start of the video, the TikToker said she was probably just being so dramatic and annoying and acknowledged her situation could be worse. She said that uh, she could be working even longer hours, but questioned how people are supposed to make time for friends or to date. Quote, I don't have time for anything, and I'm so stressed out, she said towards the end of the video. Does she not so have Matt, a weekend? So, what do you think about this? What do you, uh, what do you, because I've, I've seen some people who have said, okay, you know, you're, you're a college, you're, you're, you're fresh out of college, 
you don't know anything about the real world, uh, get over it, Buttercup. And, and welcome to life. Welcome to reality. And then I've seen other people say, hey, a nine-to-five job isn't for everybody. And, yeah, uh, it, it can take away your personal life and, and everything else, but that's also life. Yeah, I mean, well, first off, she's acting like this is every single day. And, again, you have a weekend. You've got a couple of days off to kind of rejuvenate, yeah. to meet people, uh, to go out there. And, I, I mean, th that's the way it works. I mean, a nine-to-five job is, uh, has been around for a very long time, and people found a way to make it work. They either um, they, they met people in the evenings or on the weekends. It's I don't know. I don't feel sorry for her, that's for sure. Uh, there's plenty of jobs out there. If she doesn't like the one she has, I think she's commuting too far. I think that if she's got a problem with it, it's probably more likely. I bet she doesn't talk about this, but I bet she makes a whole lot more money where she's at now than if she found one in the area she lived in. And yeah. by by finding one, if she wanted more time, I mean, you've got to decide, what's my time worth? Yes, I spend a lot of time uh, driving back and forth but they pay me this much money, and that's what I think my time's worth. If I worked here, I would get paid less, not what my time's worth. You know. Well, and let's 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 also acknowledge that there are some people who they they don't want to live in a quote unquote smaller city. They don't want to live in uh, even a more rural area or whatever. They want to live in the city. They want to live or as close to the city as possible. I mean, look at Austin, uh, for example, where there are a lot of people who probably can't afford to live in Austin, who are barely scraping by because they want to live in Austin or as close to Austin as possible. And, and I bring Austin up as an example only because I've seen a lot of people who I know and that I've met just through the world of politics and whatever who they can't afford to live there anymore. No, I and they've I mean had to balance out the, you know, that, well, we, we want to be here. We want to be in the middle of it all. Uh, but at the same time, you're going to pay a premium for that when you could just either move somewhere else, maybe take a lesser paying, you know, paying job. But you're also not having to commute an hour and a half uh, or two hours. Well, again, I, I lived in Austin in 2011. I couldn't afford to live there now. I mean, yeah. we bought a house um, and it was in Round Rock, but it was on the Austin side of Round Rock. It was you're still talking 30 minutes to downtown easily more if the traffic's bad, but right. we paid, I think 175,000 for our house. Um, I looked the other day and the house was valued at around 650 to $700,000. Wow. I mean, you're talking, that's only a 10 year difference, a 12 year difference. And, and it's, it's just gotten so expensive to live there and you're still an hour outside the city. Yeah. And so I, under uh, I understand where she's coming from with that. But, I mean, you have to make those decisions. Okay, well, I can't afford to live here. Let's go find a place somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, she told Insider in a statement, I'm very grateful to have my job after five months of unsuccessful searching after college. But it's discouraging and understandably why Americans are burnt out and mental illness levels are high. And she felt fortunate to have a job that she was interested in and enjoyed but was concerned that many office workers aren't finding time to enjoy sunlight, exercise, adequate sleep, healthy eating, forming connections with other people. She said, I leave before sunrise and get home after sunset. God, but I, you know, the, 
a lot of this is, I think, someone who maybe maybe they haven't worked a uh, you know a real job. Uh, a lot of people have to do this type of stuff, yeah. and a lot of people work nine to five type jobs. And again, like you said, Matt, um, if you don't like it, you can change your situation. And then there's there's ways to change your situation if you really wanted to go through and do that. Well, and if she considered college a job, that could be part of her problem as well. You know, you go to college every day. Uh, five days a week and you but you're there spending time with your um, your peers and your friends and you're um, meeting people all the time and then you go to a work environment and you know some some work environments you don't have that some you do uh, there may not be that personal connection there between co-workers or maybe she doesn't enjoy her co-workers or maybe they're all older but I mean some people love going to work and, you know, hanging out with their friends there. So, I mean, yeah. I would say that if, you know, this is definitely a great place to start, but in the long run, if, if you're not connecting with your workers, if that is not a social situation for you, then maybe you should find another job in the long run, find a way to move up somewhere else. Yep. Uh, let's see. Of course, uh, here on current and cast, not only do we talk about current events and uh, sports technology, but we also like to review, uh, whiskeys and bourbons and scotches and just spirits overall, Matt. And today we've been drinking the Balvini 14 year old Caribbean cask whiskey, which is a, a very nice single malt, single malt scotch from the Balvini 14 years. Um, I would say you, you're going to find it about, it's going to be around $100 a bottle right now. Uh, I've seen it as low as probably 80, yeah. 85 maybe. And it's been a while since I've seen it that low, but your average is going to be around 100. But um, it is a 14 year. And, you know, when you're getting up in that 14, 15 year, a lot of times you're going to be in that 100, 120, 150 range. So, um, that being said, it's finished in rum casks. I'm I'm just going to say it's if you've drank a lot of scotch and you haven't really liked it, this is one you might want to try because it's it's very mellow. It has a lot of sweet notes. One of the probably top notes I get out of it has been honey, like maybe um kind of watered down. I mean, I don't want to say it's watered down as in the flavors, but the the honey itself, but I get a lot of that almost honey sweetness versus like a sugar sweetness. You get a lot of vanilla and things like that and there is not a lot of uh, burn out of it. There's not a lot of what you would say is like that scotchy malty flavor. There's just a lot of really smooth, really easy to drink sweet flavors there and i think a lot of bourbon drinkers and even scotch drinkers alike would really like this yeah i i get a lot of uh a lot of vanilla uh, a lot of sweet vanilla not overly sweet you know like a uh like a like a bottle of rum or anything but you know i i definitely get that uh that vanilla taste uh on it and it's it's to me it's just a uh it's a really good really good uh scotch it's something that's a little bit different than uh, what you would normally get uh, with a with, with a scotch it's not gonna have uh any to me uh really it's not gonna have any type of burn or uh, you know any kind of type of unpleasantness uh, i guess I, I guess I, those who like maybe you're just straightforward scotches uh that 
don't have this type of flavor profile. They may, you know, the scotch may be purists who are out there. They may not be big fans of it, but I haven't really seen that. Everyone uh, who I've seen that has tried this absolutely loves it, uh, whether they're a big scotch drinker or uh, or not. They just they just love this drink, and, and it's something that is, uh, you know, it it it, it just you know, it, it, it's a well-rounded, uh, well-rounded drink that I think people will enjoy. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say, um, just a, a few more facts about it. 43%, uh, makes it 86 proof. It's on the lower range there of, of a lot of people who drink bourbons and things like that. And so it is, even though it does pack a pretty good amount of flavor, it's very light, very easy to drink, and I think it's very approachable. Yeah. No, I, I think so, and uh, I, I think it's one of those that uh, you should absolutely, uh, you should absolutely have. You should absolutely, uh, you know, get it, put it on your shelf. It's easy to find. Uh, it's not one of those that's going to be hard to find anywhere. It's uh, going to be which is nice. Uh, one, yeah, I mean, it, and and of course. I'm a big fan of just about everything Balvini has put out, whether it's uh, the Caribbean cask there, I think it's double wood, I, just, just about everything that, uh, that they've put out. I, I've been a really big, uh, fan of. And so, uh, you know, you should feel comfortable buying this and, yeah, there's and no, having it on your shelf and break it out. There's no peatiness, no smokiness, no nothing like that in there, which, um, I know a lot of people try to see that as being scotch, but, it's according to where in Scotland it's made, and this is not in the Islay, which is where they make the really peaty and, and heavy smoke stuff. This is a very light and easy to drink whiskey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Want to uh, thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of Current and Cask. Don't forget you can email us, caskerspod at gmail.com. And find us on social media at Current and Cask, also at Chat HD Radio and at Matt Martin Radio. And I also invite you to download the Chat HD Show podcast, uh, available anywhere you get your podcast from. Enjoy life this week and cheers.